0: You're listening to the Nightlight Radio Network. This is Dr. Zohara Herodimus, co-host of 21st Century Radio. We are happy to present this rebroadcast of our show on Nightlight. Enjoy. Our guest, Carl Johan Kalleman, holds a Ph.D. in physical biology from the University of Stockholm. He's a leading expert on the Mayan calendar the author of The Mayan Calendar and the Transformation of Consciousness, The Purposeful Universe, and The Global Mind and the Rise of Civilization. His current book, I would say, is a culmination of all of these, The Nine Waves of Creation, Quantum Physics, Holographic Evolution, and the Destiny of Humanity. According to our guest... In the past few years, quote, the world has witnessed changes in social consciousness, whose sudden development the ruling scientific paradigm has not been able to explain. These changes correspond, he says, with the activation of new waves of creation emanating from the center of the universe that influence human thinking. Listen in this hour and find out how a quantum holographic perspective on world history and human consciousness really makes plain sense when you tie it in to the nine waves of creation of the Mayan calendar. Thank you so much for joining us, Dr. Kalaman.
1: Oh, thank you so much, Sahara. It's a pleasure to be with you.
0: Well, your book is stunning and I wouldn't say that it's complicated as much as it is um, so full of information and so expansive. Share with our audience the fields, really, that you had to look at from holography to quantum physics to bring this together. And while you do that, may I pose one question? Was there a single question you were asking when you used all these fields of knowledge you have to answer something?
1: Well, yeah, um, there's a, a, a number of different fields of research that, that have gone into uh, this work, um, and it's because the, the Mayan calendar affects our views of pretty much everything. So I've already said the first field that's uh, there, which is Mayanism, you might say. Mm-hmm. Um, in addition to that, it's history. It's Uh, it's art history, it's uh, uh, galactic evolution, it's it's biological evolution, it is uh, 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 modern politics, it's uh, um, uh, quantum physics, um, it is is very much almost everything, because uh, I would say that these waves of creation affect all aspects of evolution in the universe. And that would mean that pretty much everything that evolves would be uh, in, uh, covered, it, 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 maybe not in this particular book, um, which sort of is a summary of many of the previous ones, uh, but in one or the other of the earlier books. Yeah. Um, it, it's just that way. Um, you might say that the perspective of the Mayan calendar mandates a change in our in our our understanding of, of a lot of different fields of of research
0: so when uh, you talk you talk about these nine waves and we're going to specifically listen to you while you describe what these are and the different phases of day and night but one of the things that i think is important to talk about first is the concept that you write about that the divine all the unified all or this tree of life and the waves that emanate from it is really consistent in cosmology worldwide this is not just the mayans or the hebrews but you find this all around the planet
1: It really is, and uh, you might even look upon it as somewhat of a mystery uh, um, uh, why it is that this particular uh, myth or or concept uh, was so widespread in ancient times, and also today, especially in indigenous traditions, you will find it. um, You will find it in in Africa, you will find it in, in, in in Australia, you find it in the Maori in New Zealand, you find it in Scandinavia, you find it everywhere. And you might say that that's really one of the starting points that I had for this book. The whole question, why is it that all these people that presumably had very little contact or maybe no contact with one another in, in ancient time. Why do, do they all cherish this tree of life and sort of look up to it, revere this tree, a tree of life? And if they would all, if this would just be a, a, a sort of a, a fantasy without any real background, it doesn't make sense that everywhere people would... Um, um, cherish this, this kind of a tree. Um, so um, uh, so this book, it starts by identifying uh, what I believe uh, is the reality basis. It, it actually is, exists something you might uh, talk about yeah. as, well, as it's
0: tree I of found life. It, yeah, I thought it was interesting you even talked about this cosmic axis um, in the tree of life model that was pretty much sort of kind of covered up.
1: I would say so, um, in the sense that um, there is new information about the birth of the universe that um, it's not been hidden or or forbidden, so to speak. It's just that, for some reason, it has not at all been given these new data, these new uh, results of of studies of the cosmos uh, at large and the birth of the uh, um, universe that, that... only in the past ten years or so uh, science have recovered they're still not out there uh, people uh, at large do not know it and if, if the, the, uh, the what people think is sort of the the scientific view of the birth of the universe is a fairly simplistic idea. There was a big explosion called the big bang and then um, but but uh, simple logic. Uh, doesn't support such a view because you know if that was the case then the universe would look like debris it would be the remains of a big explosion and that's not the case instead we see everywhere we see signs of life and we see structure and organized forms and all, and all these kind of things could never have come out from a, just a simple explosion but it this, this, The the more recent uh, studies of of the birth of the universe uh, that are coming from from mainstream science, really, Uh, it it points to uh, something existing, some structure existing from the very uh, inception of the universe. And that is exactly what the ancient peoples would talk about as the tree of light
0: mm-hmm. uh, as we see even in the Orient when they talk about the yin and the yang polarity, yeah. and we see this also, which has been mistakenly referred to as duality, but it 's not really separateness at all it's it 's differentiation of something so that there 's balance so when you talk about and and as we know, indigenous and some religious cultures speak of this time period we're in as being so significant. You put it in the frame of reference with these nine waves of creation, but these waves of creation, and we're talking about things that... Um, like you said, the first wave going from the Big Bang to the emergence of life on our planet, it was a very long time cycle. And then there's another wave, a second wave, and then a third wave and a fourth wave. And each of these waves, you point out, um, are informed by a holographic pattern. So before we get to that, because I don't want to lose people in this to start sounding too abstract because it's actually very practical what you've written, you say that it's a matter of resonance, Mm -hmm. and that some of us will resonate with a particular wave of creation that may have been started a long time ago, and some of us might have a resonant tendency to a wave that is just coming into being.
1: Right. So uh, there are nine waves of creation, um, and these waves have been sequentially activated. Only the first and this sort of bottom-line wave was uh, activated at the at the time of the birth of the universe, and then it took almost sixteen billion years until the second wave was activated, and then uh, uh, the 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 next wave was activated forty million years ago, uh, and the next two million years ago, etc. Uh, etc. Et and each new uh, wave, each new higher wave. Has a frequency that is twenty times higher than the the one it stands upon, the the one that it proceeds from, uh, uh, so so to speak. And at the current time, uh, the the human mind is, is influenced by uh, five different uh, waves, and uh, to a large extent, how we come to perceive reality uh, depends on. Which ones, or uh, which ones of these waves that, that we uh, develop a resonance with, uh, we, we will perceive reality differently, and then we will also create our own realities differently, depending on what waves we are in resonance
0: with. Now, these and, and the yeah. waves you say um, are um, are an experience. I guess one could say of simultaneity universally. And, and when you speak of it, um, Carl, that, that there's a change in the length of time of the wave as well yeah. as the frequency of it. Yeah. So even time changes. This is the thing that just blows my mind yeah. about your work, that it seems the closer we come to where we are right now, the faster time is moving. And from a general sort of popular pop culture conversation, I think everybody feels this.
1: I, I, I think people do. And um, and also, you know, if you study the, the history of the universe from its very inception, you, you will realize that in, in the first uh, billions of years, processes were very, very slow. But then, of course, when you come to our current time, uh, not only can you see an extremely rapid development, for instance, in the fields of, of computer technology, uh, and, and smart technologies and these things. But people in general are also aware that the pr- the things going on in the world are, are, are happening on, at, at a higher uh, rate. And the, the background to that, the reason for this, is really then that only now we've come to resonate with a wave that has the fr- highest frequency. And that we, we, we sort of align ourselves with this. The developing resonance with a high-frequency wave, it also means that our, our, our things are speeding up in, in our experience and in life in general and also on, on, on a global scale in, in the events that are happening. And, and this, is, this has really changed the world in, in, a, um, in, in a very special way.
0: Well, and you also show, you know, again, without the charts to show to the audience, it's a it's a little more difficult than just words in that sense. But I, I'd like to compliment you on not only your literal descriptions, but the illustrations, because you make it, um, for instance, you, you make it clear that these waves um, have, I guess, the easiest thing would be to call it a day and a night. mm mm-hmm. How does this affect our experience of the resonance of what we're coming, I guess, I guess in rapport with?
1: Yeah, um, thank you. Uh, um, well, uh, uh, very much so. Um, the, the days and the nights of these sine waves that, that these creation waves take the form of um, are, are, are also what you might say peaks and valleys. In in the, in the wave, and those uh, the peaks and the valleys, um, they have distinctly different character, and and whatever it's all about um, that the, a particular wave is creating, uh, the, the the peaks and the valley will have different uh, character. So in the peaks, then, or or in the days, then. Things are moving forward. These are the time periods of, of creativity when new things are uh, 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 appearing and uh, <clears throat> that are consistent with this wave and, and which it is the purpose of this wave to create.
0: Mm-hmm. Expansion. And, mm-hmm.
1: Expansion. And, and with every peak, every new peak in this sine wave, there will be a more advanced uh, um, reflection of phenomena so it's sort of a stepwise process developing more and more clear and advanced expressions of, of, of this wave in the night periods in the valleys on the other hand uh, it, it's it's a time of sometimes even destruction of the phenomena that has emerged in the, in the preceding uh, day period but mm-hmm. at the very least
0: This is also very much in keeping with the Hindu tradition of yes. the day and night of Brahma. And, you know, we have time, even in, in the Kabbalistic tradition, there's days of life on earth. There's days of no life on earth. In in Judaism, it's so interesting. People don't know that, but day begins at night. First there was darkness and then there was light. And so it's yeah. so interesting because it's really like you're describing a cosmic breathing like an inhalation and exhalation from the cosmos itself. But we're going to take a break. And then when we come back, though, I'd like for you to share with our audience some of the specific examples, because, you know, you've answered a question I've asked many of my guests and I've interviewed a lot of quantum physicists over the last 30 years. And one of the more recent questions I've asked, Carl, maybe you can think about it, is you'll often hear people say, oh, yeah, the universe is receiving higher frequencies. And people say the Schumann resonance, the frequency, the Earth has changed. And I've asked people, I said, well, show me, you know, has it really changed or we just feel that it's changing? And then the other piece of it is Time again, we brought this up already, but I think it's really important. Is that the higher the frequency that we come into resonance with, the the shorter the time span we need to be exposed to it? I guess that's is that the right way to put it? Yeah. Okay, so I did that right. We're going to take a little break. Then we'll come back with just. An extraordinary researcher, a beautiful writer. The Nine Waves of Creation, Quantum Physics, Holographic Evolution, and the Destiny of Humanity. It's a 2016 Bear and Company release. This is Dennis Stone, president of America Stonehenge. Our website is StonehengeUSA.com, and you're listening to 21st Century Radio with Dr. Zohara Hieronymus. So, Carl, I want to come back to um, these waves of creation. The, the fifth wave you pointed out started around 100,500 BCE, and we had tribal equality. And the sixth wave was 315 BCE, and we had social inequality, monarchy, and slavery. I'll just recite these few, and then we'll stop. Seventh wave, 1755 common era, we had equality abolishing slavery and monarchy. Um, the eighth wave began January 5th, 1999 with economic inequality and the ninth wave, March 9th, 2011, equality. Now you're showing us an extraordinary overlay of these holographic waves that are informing us. And, and you show, though, that some of us are affected by some of them, but not all of them and others may be affected by others. How does that work?
1: Well, um, I, I think it is pretty much uh, uh, as when you tune into a, a, a radio station, that mm-hmm. that there are different frequencies available, and it's the same thing with the cosmos. It, it gives different uh, um, uh, uh, waves uh, that we may tune into, and especially now. And I, I want to emphasize that as a as a big change in the are the universe that took place in 2011 especially now all these waves are accessible for the first time they're running in parallel so it is like these uh, these different uh, uh, frequencies are available and uh, you can uh, uh, you you can to some extent consciously uh, work to develop resonance with it If you're not conscious of of these different waves, you know, you may also feel, um, find yourself um, just resonating with with what seems to be the station you've always been listening to, as as if 2012, when there was so much talk about the Mayan um, uh, calendar. Yeah. There was this perception that uh, some people thought that things would change automatically just across the board at, at a particular date. And, and that's not how it works. Uh, w- w- what's happening instead is that new potentialities, like in the, in the sense of quantum physics, have become uh, available but in in the in the final analysis we will have to have the intention of of developing resonance with these different uh, waves and and uh, and depending on which ones we we develop resonance with we will come to act and be uh, different things in the world and play different kinds of uh, in the world it's, it's there's nothing automatically that's happened. What has happened is that the full spectrum of different frequencies are now for the first time available and uh, that they are creating a new stage, you might say, uh, for us to live life in. And uh, they're also together, you might say, they they define a direction in which the uh, human life uh, is going. Um, and I think that's a very important conclusion of this book, namely that uh, whatever level of chaos that we may experience in the world today, this is still just.
0: using human consciousness, as you point. And I've talked with a lot of different authors um, and everybody may have a different way to express the all or unity consciousness, or as Larry Dalsy calls the one mind. Um, the ninth wave, which is self-transforming approach to life, you say is already accessible. And I thought it was so interesting that you wrote that it goes through its cycle of day and night in 36 days. So that's wave. radical. That means within a 36-day period, we can experience both the expansion and the contraction of self-transformation.
1: Yes, yes. Well, that and, you know, you, we, you, go ahead. And we're sort of taking steps. In, in the t- at the current time we're in the beginning of a new day in the ninth wave uh, which started April 18th and uh, on on these days there is sort of a, a trend towards uh, um, forward movement for all those that are um, have the, the intention of the world going towards unity consciousness a point. Um Because it gives a certain kind of information. There's a different kind of information coming in the periods that are days compared to those that are nights. And very often there could be guidance coming in the, those time periods that are days. Yeah, and, and that's what accurate.
0: you show that in the day cycle of these waves is when you see you know, new development, um, innovation. And I thought it was so, I just love, I mean, there's so many fascinating things in this work. There's no way we can cover it all. But I love that you wrote, as the shift in the seventh wave approaches in 2031, there will be an increasing number of people that have seen through the current nationalism and instead will repeat the mantra, humanity first, as the only way forward for our species and the manifestation of true global unity. That's very hopeful. 2031 is not so far away.
1: It's not so far away. It may be a a rough time until then, but uh, we certainly are, are, depending on, you know, how many people are creating resonance. And, of course, there's a lot of people that may act towards unity without being aware of these waves. I'm not, it's not absolutely necessary to, to sort of following, but it definitely helps. And most importantly, it tells people that there is like an underlying cosmic wave plan that is pointing towards this unity. So, and uh, the, uh, uh, then in 2031, there will be a significant shift. Um, uh, uh, again, it's not the end, sorry, it's not the last shift. They will continue, but right. it will be
0: Yeah. And it's interesting how, as in every cosmology, as above, so below, as within, so without, we're talking about these layers of um, holographic informing us or holograms mm-hmm. informing us, but they also overlay each other. So, And this has always interested me the most in sacred geometry and things like it, which is the interference pattern. Because yeah. I, I had an odd thought one day, Carl, that forgiveness is actually an interference pattern for the effect of history. And that's why the power of forgiveness is so great, because as an interference pattern, it affects the waveform of the past and its power over us in the presence.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, it does. Great.
0: So then looking at where we are... um, the thought I had, and I didn't find it in the book, but maybe it was there and I missed it. So if we have these nine waves of creation and we're being affected by them differently at different speeds and in different ways, depending on who we are, once we um, are exposed to all nine waves, does the universe then st- start the waves all over again at a different octave?
1: Well, I I don't think so. I, I... I think now, from now on, these waves will just sort of go on endlessly into the future. Um, And And this is what the
0: Mayan calendar was trying to tell us, that as of 2011 we have the resources available to us for our full development as a humanity?
1: Yes, yes. And uh, not only that, but also that from now on this wave of unity will always be accessible, to
0: us. That's beautiful.
1: Yeah, it's important.
0: And so, when we look at this unity consciousness, you say that it stands on a mind carried by the eighth wave, which favors the right brain half, yeah. which in the, which means in turn that the feminine is supported. And of yeah. course, we talk about that a lot, the development of our intuition yeah. and our ethos of care. Share with yeah. us more on that.
1: Well, and. Uh, in- it's, um, the, each wave carries a, a certain polarity of the mind, if, if you like. It, it carries certain filters. So basically when the sixth wave began uh, 5,000 years ago uh, approximately, uh, uh, what people started to download was a mind that was, uh, had the light on, on the left brain half. And as a result, the the civilizations that uh, emerged were essentially patriarchal, and the kind of religions that were developed under the influence of that wave were also very much patriarchal. Um, And then came the the seventh wave, uh, starting in 1755, which shifted the perception of, of reality. It was a... It gave a new uh, dark filter to uh, uh, all of our minds, without any polarity, really. So, uh, because there was no polarity uh, uh, created by this filter, we saw a rise in all kinds of uh, equalities of of, uh, democracy and and uh, the abolishment of of slavery of Many other things, where socially speaking, uh, the the whole idea of democracy would, would emerge. But then it comes, especially with the eighth wave, a shift over to uh, <clears throat> to uh, the uh, polarity where the light comes on the on the right brain half, and the result of that has been a tremendous rise of of, of the role of of women in in, in the world, and. Uh, <clears throat> So it's it's just the shift in in polarity that 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 has I would say had a profound effect on on, on especially on gender relationships.
0: Mm-hmm. And and but, you say in order to climb to the unity of the ninth wave. It's necessary to first climb yeah. in the eighth wave. And so it's you've come to the same conclusion through the Mayan calendar. And yeah. you're understanding, as the Kabbalists speak to, that we're in the age of yesod, the generative organs, the balance of male and female. And then when we finally get to the bottom of the tree of life, it's like an elevator that has to go to the basement before it can go all the way back up. Yeah. It's we um, ma'chut, which is the feet. It's the feminine, it's the moon. And you've come to exactly the same conclusion, that the protection and expansion, quote, of female rights worldwide is thus a necessary step for manifesting the destiny of humanity. Yes. And in Kabbalah, for thousands of years, they've pointed that this is inevitable, and we will see it with women's leadership worldwide.
1: Yes, yes. Yes, it is. Uh, uh, um, and um, But it's not the last step, so to speak. Uh, right. Uh, the the, uh, the ultimate step of of the ninth wave uh, um, is sort of, I would say, rather beyond the gender difference. Mm-hmm. It's more like androgynous. I I, I would uh, suspect, and mm-hmm. we're already now seeing these kind of uh, issues around androgyny becoming more and more highlighted in in society. And uh, and um, in the in the beginning, I should say, of this ninth wave. Uh, I, it deserves to be pointed out that this ninth wave, which is the highest of the waves, it's only been active for five or six years. And, and uh, uh, It's
0: intense. I mean, as a spiritual intense. seeker my entire life, I have never felt the kind of energies I feel now. I mean, I went hyperthyroid from it. It so affected me physically. Yeah. And I have—I assume it's affecting a lot of people physically, yeah. and they may not know that that's the source of why they feel like things are going so darn hyper. Yeah, yeah. So in, we do have to take a break, and when we come back, I'd like to talk about some of the phases coming up and how it is a person can really use the kind of information you're making available that the Mayan culture and calendar described for us so long ago. Um, so that each of us can do our part in a really positive manner. If you're just joining us, our guest is the author of The Nine Ways of Creation, a 2016 Bear and Company release, Quantum Physics, Holographic Evolution, and the Destiny of Humanity. I know of no other book like this, Carl. I really think you've written one of those books that's like, well, that's it. <laughs> he said it all. What's left to say? We'll be right back.
1: Hello, this is Pete Leiden, the founder of Reinvent. You can find us at reinvent.net. We're a group that pulls together top innovators across America, even across the world, to really work on solving complex challenges and actually reinventing our world. And today you are listening to 21st Century Radio with Dr. Zohara Hieronymus.
0: Dr. Carl Johan Kalemann author of The Nine Waves of Creation. Um, You can also go to his website, which I have misplaced. I'm doing just wonderfully tonight. (laughs) It's like everything I put down, I can't find it three minutes later. There we are, Calaman.com. That makes sense, C-A-L-L-E-M-A-N.com. So, Carl, coming back to some of the things... You've written about, and the impulses we see just in the news, like, for instance, the deconstruction of the nation-state and getting rid of the administrative state, you know, as Bannon and others have talked about, and sort of this... this, It's called populist or populism, but there's really nothing populist about it. You talked about the rise and decline of Western powers as a result of the seventh day of the sixth wave. Explain to us what that means and why you think this is happening.
1: Well... um... Overall, um, the, uh, this is a, a phenomenon The sort of the basic wave uh, developing civilizations is the, the sixth wave, and it goes back to 5,130 years ago. And overall, uh, I already mentioned that that particular wave favored the left brain half, mm-hmm. and, the, and the reason is that it's also uh, it's it, it, the, the, the favoring of the left brain half is actually a reflection of the favoring of the western hemisphere on a global uh, uh, scale. It is, as you said, um, as above, so below, or as on the earth, so in our brain. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, um, the, the, in the past. Uh, uh, about 400 years, a, a day or a night in this particular wave is about 400 year, years long. And so if you go back to the beginning of this particular wave, you come to 1617, and basically you come to the time when the British Empire started to to develop, and the time when the first uh, uh, pilgrims came to Massachusetts, and you have the sort of the, the beginning buildup of this Western dominance through, initially through the, through the British empire, but then more lately in, uh, through the American empire. And uh, now this wave uh, uh, that has created a, a global, uh, uh, global uh, um, structure, really, or the, the first global civilization, you might say, mm-hmm. this wave is now turning into a night. Oh, and what happens I usually, see. as a general rule, is that the, the the kind of phenomena that has been developed during a day will be weakened and restructured and reformulated in, in the following night period. And so, what what i feel confident will happen in this long time period. Is that the the dominance of the world by the Western powers will come to an end, and uh, which may it's a big um, uh, transition for us. We we lived through this kind of Western dominance for for all our lives, really. And uh, but I, I think that uh, the, the, there are quite strong signs that that this is happening.
0: So, and, and it's, I mean, your book is just fascinating because there's so many different qualities to it because, and, and it reminds me of so many other teachings. I mean, when I listen to you, I keep thinking about the new moon to the full moon and the full moon to the new moon, you know, and, and how cultures used to assign their respective um, practices based on that cycle so that you would do things that took you out into the world and expansion from the new to the full moon. But then as the moon decreased, you would retreat and go back within and study and refine. And, and we've lost that, you know, because we don't have a lunar calendar observance. And the other thing we lost, I thought was so interesting when you were talking about that last cycle with the British empire is they took us off using the meridian meantime of the Great pyramids and created yeah. the Greenwich Meridian, which unhinged our consciousness from the galactic center, which up until the 1600s, every sacred society on the earth was literally geometrically connected because we were all oriented to to the galactic center that the belt stars point to over the Great Pyramid. And I just thought that was fascinating, that the church took us off the moon, and so that empire got rid of our lunar appreciation of breathing in and out in our lives and in our civilization. And then the British Empire took us off our relationship to the cosmic galactic center itself. So we got unhinged biologically, and then we got unhinged cosmically.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Very much so. Uh, Our our system of timekeeping is not connected to the the actual waves that are influencing our our mind. And uh, there is no knowledge that this is happening. Whereas, as you said, the ancient peoples, they had all kinds of symbolism to uh, express their awareness that there were wave-like processes in the, at, at, at work in the universe. One, one is the moon that goes through the, sort of a wave-like function. Um, I, I come to think of, of the plumed serpent, which I haven't mentioned, uh, but it's a well-known um, symbol of, uh, from, from the Maya or from the Mexicans, of this kind of a wave movement. A serpent that, in their mythology, was the bringer of of civilization, and that was again we're coming to this sort of a wave-like cosmic process, and that that ancient people were aware of dominated their lives. They were not able to control them always, but they they were aware of their existence, and and they were not taken by surprise by these kind of changes that. That these wave-like processes would be carrying, um, and 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 I think people would really benefit from, from a recovery of these, uh, this awareness that uh, time is not just a straight line; it's really uh, um, it's something that has very many spiritual and qualities that uh, that we go into shifting. World shifting era uh, in a wave like uh, manner. Uh, that was charted pretty exactly by, by especially by the Maya. Mm-hmm.
0: Do you think that the nine waves of creation model gives us a better understanding of? why when people talk about our being 10-dimensional, like the tree of life, 10-dimensional being we can be in different times of history, both in the past and future, simultaneously. It's because we're coming into resonance with these waves. I mean, that just now struck me, and it's one of those puzzles I've had for a very long time You, when you try to have a public conversation about yeah. multidimensionality experience and to say, yeah. I feel like I was in World War II last night, and then on the other flip side, I might say... Oh, no, I was in a spaceship out in, you know, on the moon. <laughs> so people then through the resonant association, when you come into resonance with these waves, you, do you think you can go into a wave and change the effect of history in the past?
1: No, I wouldn't think that. Okay. But I, 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 I would think, well, uh, I, I, I do think you, you can, through the resonance, you can get clarity. That, that's the reason some people can see into the past and maybe into the future you think
0: that's what psychics and mediums do that they I, come into resonance
1: yeah I think so they, they are they they come to resonance with these waves uh, and, and that's how how they can see beyond the the reality that just in, in front of them um, I, I, I don't think really you could change the past but you could of course change your experience Experience of the past, mm-hmm. uh, by, if, if you get contact with, you know, like a past life phenomenon or something like that, right. if you can access that, and then uh, in, in a relevant state of, of, of consciousness, you can reintegrate it, I think, uh, so
0: that you... That's a nice way to put it. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So we don't have a lot of time left, and I'd like you to have the closing words, what would you like our audience to know most about the nine waves of creation and what each of us can take part in?
1: Yeah, um, I, I, I think this is a new cosmology, you might say, and, and a very old cosmology as, as well. Uh, it's really drawing the conclusions from from many ancient uh, cosmologies and, and putting it uh, in a context where it, it becomes meaningful for our own particular time, mm-hmm. and so <clears throat> I do recommend that people study it. I, I do recommend that uh, people start to follow the Ninth Wave, and uh, uh, there are resources. You know, in, in my own webpage calumand.com has uh, uh, has links to calculators where you can follow the, the Ninth Wave. You can also find on my Facebook page uh, there is a ninth wave of creation. There are two of them, I think. There are different benefits from this. That it tells you something about how to how you as an individual with your particular purpose uh, can become part of the collective process.
0: We have to say goodnight. I'm sorry. Go to Callum and C A L L E M A. 21st Century Radio is produced by Hieronymus and Company. Our executive producer and research assistant is Lara Courtner. Our engineer is Anita Brockington, and I'm Dr. Zohara Hieronymus.